Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hi, I'm Janet, a yogi, meditator, plant-forward eater, and all-around wellness enthusiast. As a second-generation Asian-American woman who has and continues to manage periods of anxiety, depression, burnout, and stress, I often find myself experimenting with Western health trends against the context of the Eastern philosophies I was raised with. Join me as I explore different health and wellness topics to enrich my own ever-evolving personal practices, and in turn, hopefully benefit some of you in your own journeys to living well. Today's episode is about hormone health and traditional Chinese medicine. As someone who was once interested in the career path of a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner many years back, I learned that endocrine health or hormone health is a sector of medicine in which you'll find a lot of natural and Eastern medical specialists. Oftentimes, people struggling with female health issues that stump the Western medical system will seek solace from naturopathic or Eastern medicine doctors, which was the case for today's guest, Lulu. A few years back, Lulu went off birth control and started experiencing intense health symptoms, which took her on an extensive personal health journey that ultimately led her to create Elix Healing, a treatment for menstrual pain that uses Chinese medicine wisdom and modern medicine approaches. Lulu and I also happened to know each other from college. Uh, we both uh, were on, I believe it was student council or the yes, alumni it was. association. <laughs> Um, their student organization or the alumni association, uh, student ambassador organization. And, you know, we both have come such a long way since those college days at UCSD. And it is really, really cool to have been able to watch and hear about Lulu's journey in creating Elix Healing and all of the interesting work that she's done with it. So Lulu, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you, Janet. I'm so excited to be here. So let's just talk about what you've been up to. Um, a lot of our listeners are young women leading busy lives as young working professionals, much like you were when you started experiencing some of your intense menstrual health struggles. I'm curious if you could share with us what were some of the symptoms that you were experiencing and how, um, you know, how was it affecting your everyday life? What were some of the ways that you sought to heal some of these struggles? Yeah, thank you so much, Janet, for creating the space for this conversation. I think like so many of our listeners here, I had this notion that the ideal life meant having a certain type of job, living in a certain place in New York City. And I didn't realize 
realized that by the time I made it to my dream corporate job, I was working crazy hours, you know, up super early, oftentimes having iced coffee for breakfast, you know, a salad if I could manage for lunch or skipping it all together because I was so busy. And I didn't realize at the time how chronically stressed and depleted I was. All of these health issues actually manifested itself in my period when I went off of birth control. When I met my current husband, um, I decided it was time to finally ditch the pill. I had awful experiences trying various different pills, patches, and I just hated how birth control made me feel like I wasn't myself. And when I went off the pill, though, I discovered something known as post-birth control syndrome. I had, it, and it was almost like my period coming back with a vengeance. All of a sudden, I had really awful hormonal acne all around my forehead, my cheeks, my jawline. I was getting these pains in my stomach that felt like I just ate bad seafood or something. Mm. And then I realized, oh my gosh, these pains come every month right before my period. This is what cramps feel like. Because I was on birth control for almost 15 years, I had forgotten what a natural bleed and what cramps and periods actually felt like. And I remember at one point my cramps and my migraine and bloating got so bad. I was laying on the bathroom floor, just like curled up into a ball the morning of my period. Um, Instead of showing up to work on this particular day when I had a huge presentation and my boss was a a male, um, an older male at the time. And I remember how just ashamed I felt having to call him and let him know I wasn't going to be able to make it to work. And I was so embarrassed to say it was my period that I actually lied and said that I had the stomach flu. Uh, And then I started doing research and found out how common it is that, you know, for women trying to make it in the workplace and living up to a certain image of what it means to have your shit together, that we end up hiding how we actually feel on our menstrual cycles. Um, And when we do call in sick because of our symptoms, we usually blame it on something else. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That Thank you so much for sharing that story. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate, you know, especially anyone working in like a corporate environment where there has a tendency to be a bit male dominated. Right. Um, And it's such, I mean, it doesn't make you pause until it happens where you're like, oh, I'm not comfortable. Like, why do I feel ashamed that that is what's holding me back? Even though it's legitimately incredibly painful and disruptive to your health. Yeah. I mean, there are studies that show that period pain can be as bad as a heart attack. Um, And to think that we just kind of power through and push through that type of pain on a regular basis or that we're told, oh, if you don't have a period for a couple months, that's worth celebrating. When all these things in Chinese medicine are thought of as ways our bodies are actually crying out for help and attention and care. Yeah, I saw something mentioned, I think, um, on your website or another interview you did where you said that a period is supposed to be a report card for your health in Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so fascinating. And I mean, you shared with us kind of like, you know, you were on birth control, which is more prescribed in like kind of the Western Mm -hmm. um, medical system. And then when you went off it, you had this full experience and kind of reintroduction to Chinese medicine. Um, You know, a lot of Western society is very skeptical of Chinese Mm -hmm. medicine. 
And I'm sure you learned so much about kind of the differences in your journey in creating Elix Healing, um, not only on the product side, but also, you know, marketing to kind of a Western consumer base. Yeah. I'm curious, like, now that you've gone through that journey, how do you manage your your own menstrual health differently? You know, Janet, I was actually really skeptical of Chinese herbal medicine. Like, I remember when I went off the pill and my mom started hearing these stories of me calling in sick to work, canceling plans, not being able to sleep at night. She's like, why don't you take some Chinese herbs? And I was like, mom, come on. Like, a soup or like a a tea isn't going to do it. Like, I was very skeptical. But it, it took me going back to see several different, like Fifth Avenue, Park Avenue, award winning gynecologists who really didn't have any other solutions for me besides going back on birth control or taking prescription pharmaceutical for the pain that I thought, okay, maybe I should be a bit more open-minded here. Um, And I went to see a practitioner who read my pulse, looked at my tongue, asked me all of these different questions about the color of my menstrual blood, how heavy was my flow, my levels of stress in life. And long story short, that intake assessment I had with that practitioner ended up being the inspiration for now Elix's online health assessment and how we recommend a personalized blend. And, you know, the journey of rediscovering Chinese herbal medicine, it was beautiful because Chinese medicine really views, like you said, all these signs and symptoms as a report card for your health, but it also gives us tools for different areas where we can tune in. You know, like looking at the color of our menstrual blood that actually gives us so much data, Mm. information about what's going on inside, or even things like our urine and our bowel Mm. movements. And so, so much of our mission here at Elix is to help people, you know, rediscover their connection to their body and the wisdom that our bodies contain and that any of these symptoms is just a way that our body is giving us feedback. And so to your question about learnings, I think, and how I'm caring for my health, I think it really starts with creating the space. You know, when I first wake up in the morning, before my natural tendency is to just like start thinking about things I need to get done for the day. But before I hop out of bed, just even taking a moment to see like, you know, do I feel more thirsty than usual? Could it be what I ate last night? Am I bloated this morning? Am I not? Am I feeling light? Am I feeling any tension? Did I actually sleep well? Like kind of like just like taking moments like starting with the morning and then throughout the day to just tune in and check in with my body myself and then try to work backwards and see like, okay, well, what am I doing or not doing that could be contributing to these things? And a lot of times with our menstrual cycles, how we take care of ourselves in the weeks leading up to our next period actually indicates the type of periods we'll have. Mm. And so that's kind of why it's like a report card because, and, and that's why interestingly enough, a lot of our community members get their worst periods in the winter time and around the holidays. Because oh. you think about, you know, like the holidays where we're probably out partying more, drinking yeah. more, eating more like comforting, indulgent foods, desserts. There might be some stress from the holiday parties, yeah, yeah. family gatherings, travel. Uh, and so we usually hear around the December, January time from like, oh my gosh, what is going on in my body? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So, I mean, it's really as simple as tuning into your body much more. Instead of thinking about your to-do list, you're thinking about how am I feeling? 
you know, what did I, what did I eat last night? What am I craving now? Do I feel thirsty? Um, I really love that. And I can really resonate that because I think, you know, it might not have been like a period health or a menstrual health related issue, but I think for, for someone who was raised in like an Eastern household and then was working in the Western world and kind of in this like go, go, go mentality where everything is about Mm -hmm. execution and to-do lists. My mom was often the one that would, you know, kind of also tap me and be like, are you sleeping well? Are you eating well? (laughs) I'm curious, Janet, did your mom ever ask uh, you to take a look at your tongue? She did not actually, but my grandparents did. And I know that that was a common way to evaluate health. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. um, actually, and I thought that was so fascinating that your grandfather actually um, owns like a a medical clinic in China, right? So he was a a very well-known and established practitioner of Chinese medicine. So he was actually on the administration side and he ran a an integrated hospital in uh, Shaoyang in Hunan province. And part of why he took that role was actually because my grandma, who he loved dearly, and they've been married now for over 60 years, um, has had a lot of health issues mm-hmm. in her life. So he thought, okay, if I take this administrative role and run this hospital, then she can get access to the best care. Yeah. And so that was kind of how it started. And uh, my mother-in-law, my husband's family, Family is from Hong Kong and they're also very just kind of integrated in a Chinese medicine way of living and feeling and you know so much of Chinese medicine as I've gone down this journey and learned it's really the first mind body and spirit modality mm-hmm. um, really classical texts dating back two to three thousand years talking about how so many sim- physical symptoms in the body are actually manifestations of emotional stress mm-hmm. and mental stress and how when we can find a way to release pent-up frustration and negative emotions um, and when we can release some of the chatter and busyness and ruminations of the mind, it actually could help us rebalance and reharmonize our bodies as well. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, I mean, it's a way of thinking that um, when I was interested in Chinese medicine that I personally really resonated with as well. Um, And I saw that that was not really reflected so much in like the Western medical system. Why do you think perhaps like you know, that is. And I know that we've had so much like kind of, I guess you would call it an explosion or a trend of like naturopathic yeah. medicine in Western culture, but still there are, I feel like there's some resistance to certain practices within Chinese yes. medicine. Are there things that you still see that's like really hard for Western society to accept? Definitely. I think the biggest challenge of building elixir and helping more people discover traditional Chinese medicine is this culture we live in of instant gratification. Mm. You know, and Chinese medicine is all about healing at the root cause, which means one, it takes time, but then two, it's a holistic practice, right? It's not just about, okay, I'm going to take these herbs and it's going to solve everything, but it's that I'm going to take these herbs, but I'm now also starting a journey where I'm being more mindful about how I'm moving my body, the quality of my breath, how I'm nourishing myself. And nourishment in Chinese medicine is the food that we eat and how we're eating in accordance with what's in season, because nature knows you know what what your body needs 
but also how we're nourishing ourselves with connection, friendship, mm. sunshine, you know, because all of these things like help build our chi, our inner energy and vitality and life force um, versus like overworking, overstressing, yeah. and all of us are guilty of this, or even like over-exercising on mm-hmm. an empty stomach could be depleting your chi. Right. And I kind of, I never thought about things this way, but I remember when I first started seeing an acupuncturist, she asked me if I ate anything in the morning before I went to the gym and I was like not really she's like you're depleting your chi you need to like you know you need to give your body something so that you're not burning your life force when you're out there working out I was like okay that's a really good point yeah it's a much more gentle approach to Mm. really work with your body become friends with your uh, your inner system and you know, I think it's hard in the society where there's so many ads that we're fed every single day about, like, just take this pillow, mm. just put on this mask, yeah, just yeah. buy this thing, and it'll solve all of your problems. And with the licks, our intention is really, yes, our herbs are incredibly potent, organic, clinically tested, but they're really one step on this broader journey that we really want to invite people to take with us. And that's why we offer everything from health coaching and onboarding chats to recipes to breathwork classes is we really want to be play a role in opening up this world um, for people to discover how and how they can nourish themselves. Yeah, that was really, really well put. I loved the way you pointed that out because I do think a, like what Western culture has that is so dichotomous. I don't know if the dichromatic or like just kind of opposite of Chinese approach to health is this kind of instant gratification and about immediate results and fast pace versus I like the way that you use the word gentle mm-hmm. because oftentimes gentle is probably going to be more sustainable. If you're looking for a more holistic permanent solution, a shift, you know, doing something mm-hmm. fast and immediate usually has some sort of repercussion. So mm-hmm. love, love that. And that's something that I definitely try to introduce a lot of um, my listeners to the show about is just the idea of everything being connected and being more tuned in and probably going a little opposite of what your gut tells you if you've been raised in Western culture, which is fast mm. productivity, check that to do list. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. 
It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So talking about kind of this Western approach to medicine, last year I went through the process of freezing my eggs. And, you know, that is, I'm so thankful that modern medicine allows that type of technology and, you know, that it's an option. But when I was first considering the procedure, I remember having a conversation with my mom, who is, you know, uh, raised kind of more traditionally within that Chinese medical way of thinking about your health. And she was like automatically pretty turned off. And, you know, like the idea of injecting hormones into your body and like tampering with a, a natural reproductive function is pretty like antithetical to how Chinese culture approaches Mm. health. And, you know, eventually we, we had more conversations and I ultimately decided that it was the, the right path for me to take. Yes. But I'm curious for you as someone who, you know, pretty early on already had these very unpleasant experiences with mm-hmm. Western medical approaches, infertility, like through your birth control. Um, have you considered at all freezing your eggs? Like what are your thoughts about egg freezing as someone who kind of, you know, practices more of Chinese medical way of thinking? Yeah, Jenna, I'm so glad you brought this up. And I've also gone through the process. And, you know, I think I, I feel similarly towards the process of freezing eggs or embryos as I do on birth control, which is that these modern scientific advancements are really just, they've done incredible things for us as human beings with the luxury of living in this place and time. Like, I think about how much birth control, in a way, has liberated women. But on the flip side, I think what's missing is really just the education around these solutions not being the only options Mm. that we have access to. You know, like birth control shouldn't be the only option to regulating our periods and managing symptoms because that's not what it was exactly invented for. And similarly, going through the process of IVF, extremely invasive, extremely expensive, not accessible to all, and should not be our only option in terms of preserving our fertility and our fertility health. And that's where so many people actually come to Elix asking, you know, can I, can these herbs help me conceive? Like, could these herbs help me get pregnant? And on the flip side, we have so many success stories of people who have PCOS or endometriosis or fibroids and were told that they either could never have a child or it would be very difficult. And they decided to take their health into their own hands with Elix being one component of that journey. And what the science and the literature actually show is that there's a lot that's within our control as it relates to our fertility health. Yes, statistically, you know, you're born with all the eggs you have. So as time goes on, you have less of them. But there are things that accelerate um, versus like help us maintain our fertility health. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, there's literature about um, eating lean protein, omega-3s, like even just like eating eggs um, can help with fertility. There's research that's been done about vitamin C or vitamin D, excuse me, and getting sunshine and how vitamin D is critical, not only for fertility, but for cycle regularity. Mm. You know, there's a lot of research 
research about how these anti-inflammatory hormone balancing herbs like angelica sinensis or white peony rue, they're great for regulating the menstrual cycle. And as we know, regular cycles, you know, equals better fertility health because you right. can't really get pregnant if you don't have a cycle or you don't know when right, it's coming. Right. And so that that's, I guess, like the piece of this conversation. I'm excited for us to have more education and content around. And it's something um, Elix is now piloting health coaching services where we've brought on board doctors of Chinese herbal medicine to offer virtual wellness consults and you know, thinking longer term, we've gotten a lot of requests for building out educational courses and webinars. And so this is one area that we're very excited to just have more conversation around because I think knowledge is very empowering so that we know we have other options. Yeah, I love that. It's it's not necessarily saying, you know, this is something that's negative and it's, you know, antithetical to what our way of thinking is. It's like, great, that is there as a solution, but we are also working on the same, you know, general problem in in a maybe preventative way and that both are options as solutions for the right, right. person, you know, depending on what your what your situation is. Definitely. Like here at Alex, we really believe in an East meets West, science meets holistic approach. And I think right now in society, it's almost like a dichotomy. Like there's this false dichotomy that you either have to believe in Western medicine or believe in Eastern mm. medicine. You either have to be holistic or you believe in science. And it's like, no, why can't the two coexist? Yeah. You know, there's and there's a lot of examples where people are using acupuncture along with IVF and it increases success rates or people are using herbs and Chinese medicine food therapy to prepare for IVF or to help recover from the side effects. And I think that's something else that doesn't get talked about enough is just the side effects isn't just the physical symptoms, but there's right. a lot of psycho-emotional symptoms. You know, I was yeah. talking with a girlfriend who just went through the process last weekend and she was telling me how for weeks following she felt like she had you know IVF brain where she just couldn't like she couldn't come up with answers at work quick mm. enough she would be typing an email and accidentally retyping the same sentence over and over again and it's because we don't realize how our hormones actually not just affect our mood and our emotions but our cognitive abilities our ability to right, sleep right. focus energy everything yeah, yeah. No, that is a great point. That was something that I definitely going through the process of just freezing my eggs, not even IVF, but, um, you know, kind of like knew on a on like an objective level that there would be an emotional and mental component, but it definitely was kind of underestimated for how how deep that was there. And I was very thankful that I had a great support system. Yeah. But it's a very good point is to think about like the holistic experience of, of doing anything related to your fertility yeah. or your fertility health. Yeah. So speaking of that, something that I've heard a lot about in female health recently uh, is cycle syncing. Yeah. And I was wondering if you can, yeah, if you can share with our listeners what that is and if you have any personal tips um, in practicing it. Yep. Um, so cycle syncing is a concept that we love at Alex, and it's another example where I think there's a beautiful um, meeting point between East and West, and where you know thousands of years of Chinese medicine wisdom really aligns well with modern science research and the view on the menstrual cycle. So in Chinese medicine, there's this concept of yin and yang, and so yin or yin is kind of it represents the time of like rest and restoration. It's like when the sun goes down or like in the winter months 
or in the phase of your cycle when you're on your period um, versus yang is like when the sun goes up it's like the summer months it's like the time of like energy and vibrancy and so if you were to apply yin and yang to the menstrual cycle it's like your most yin time when your body needs that the most like rest and restorative um, energy you kind of think of yin yoga is actually when like right before your period mm. and when you're on your period your luteal and your menstrual phase mm. and for so many people that's when they naturally feel like fatigued less energy mm-hmm. maybe you're consuming more calories than usual having more cravings and I think society has taught us that we should just like, you know, be flat baseline throughout the month, have the same level of energy, Mm. the same level of go, go, go. And I think that does us a disservice because in this, you know, beautiful yin period, it could be a time where we slow down a little bit, where we allow ourselves to have like that burger, that more indulgent Mm -hmm. um, protein, iron, healthy fats and complex carb meal because that's what our body wants. And it's also a time when so many of us feel like, gosh, why am I so moody? Why do I feel more sensitive? Mm. Um, And, you know, in Chinese medicine, our yin period is actually when we're the most wise and in tune with our body. Mm. So maybe the rest of the month when we're like, go, 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 we kind of sweep things under the rug. During our yin time, it's like our natural wisdom coming out. So I really love just like embracing that like, sensitivity like maybe like um and carving out some time to journal to really listen to yourself because that sensitivity could point to areas of your life or your relationship or your work maybe like deep down you really want to make change but things are just moving Mm. so quickly the rest of the time there isn't space to do so and if you really nourish and care for yourself during this like yin time then as you come out of your period, as you go into your follicular phase and all of your hormones start rising and you get to ovulation, that's actually peak yang energy. And it aligns beautifully with Western medicine scientific literature in that when our estrogen is like the highest, like it's when we have a natural burst of energy, we're social and, you know, from a biological perspective, it's when we're ready to mate and like make children and like attract people. And so that's actually a great time to like, you know, if you have freedom over your schedule, schedule first dates, like have important Mm. like negotiations, like go for that job interview, have that, go to networking events because you naturally have that extra boost and radiance and charge of energy and it's also the time of the month like go to that hit workout like try new things like really take Mm. advantage of that extra burst of energy and then you know as you come out of ovulation then you kind of move back from yang to yin and it's a a beautiful Mm. natural cycle where you can then slow down go within tune in um yeah Oh, that was a beautiful way to explain it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And we have tons of blog posts where we talk about like different foods that you can eat, yeah. foods that are more yin nourishing, um, blood nourishing versus like, you know, when you're in the young period, how do you get more complex carbs and fibers so you can really flush out any estrogen excess as you're going into your menstrual phase mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Awesome. So yeah, definitely check out the Elix Healing blog that you can see foods that you should be eating, ways you can be exercising, ways that you can like manage your social calendar and your work schedule according to your period cycle. That's amazing. Uh, My last question for you, Lulu, is 
as a busy CEO, I'm sure you have so much on your plate. I'm curious um, how you define wellness and what is one wellness practice that you're really into at the moment? I'm so grateful to live in this time where I think wellness is evolving um, and it's really, I think, filling in a gap for our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And people are viewing like this intersection of wellness, beauty, and healthcare where it's how do we feel as good on the inside as we strive to look on the outside? Mm. You know, like for decades, if not hundreds of years, like we were only spending on things topically, like that we're wearing, that jewelry, makeup, how our hair looks. But now it's like people are realizing like, wait a minute, if I nourish myself from the inside, it actually relates to longevity. It could help me with my chronic conditions. Um, like there's just so much space for new approaches. So I think about it as like those intimate personal rituals that we're mm. cultivating for ourselves and learning to give our bodies like what we need uh, from a mind, body, spirit perspective. And for me, since we're in summertime, peak young energy, I think one of my favorite things is uh, I've been naturally getting up earlier and I love just like opening the curtains, letting the sun flood in. Mm -hmm. And after doing like a quick meditation in the morning, like just going out, either walk, run, depending on what I'm feeling like that day, and just feeling sunshine on my skin. I feel like it's just such a natural dose of caffeine. And for anyone who's traveling this summer, it's also a great jet lag hack is that ah. when you go to a new place, if you can wake up with the sun and just like go out and soak up that vitamin D, it actually helps you get over jet lag quicker because mm. it, it kind of tricks your brain in a sense. Yeah, um, and then yeah. if you pair like, you know, being up with the sun and you pair that with watching the sun set, it mm. can actually help reset your circadian rhythm so that you can fall asleep easier in your new time zone. Ah, that is a great tip. So make sure you either get outside or open those windows and refer to sun and the sunlight to kind of help regulate. I definitely could have used that recently. <laughs> I traveled internationally. and um, But yeah, that's a great tip. Thank you so much, Lulu, for joining us here today. Mm -hmm. uh, if our listeners want to follow Elix Healing or yourself, where can they find you online? So they can find Elix Healing on Instagram, TikTok, and then I'm also on TikTok as Lulu the Herbalist. And, you know, we have a free online health assessment that's 50 to 60 questions that anyone can take to see the herbs recommended for them. And I really hope to support everyone on this hormone and menstrual health journey. Yes, wonderful. Thanks so much again, Lulu. Thanks, Janet. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a... Uh, let's do like a, a red dot emoji in the comments of this IG post. And if you feel so inspired, please share with us your own experiences with menstrual health, perhaps as it relates to Eastern medicine and Western medicine. Once again, this is your host, Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman with my good friends, Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, which you can catch on the same feed, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Janet, at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double, and the letter U. 